What's up, everybody? Paplin here, and welcome to episode 1203. And also, Happy New Year to you. At the end of last year, you might remember that we had a whole bunch of Where Are They Now episodes. Well, I have one extra, and I wanted to start the year off with this one because this is from Sam Gavin Hewson, who has been on the show actually a couple times before in episode 1047. He also was originally in 1004. And Sam has a company at bitebybite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dash B-Y dash B-Y-T-E. And he helps people with getting jobs as engineers, software engineers, and in the tech space. And the way that his business has progressed over time has been really incredible. To go from a low-end product that is under $100 to now, as you'll hear, charging thousands of dollars for a single client. What does that business look like? How did he do that? Well, we unpack that today. So although this is a where are they now episode, it's definitely a conversation about how he went from this low-end product to this high-end product. And the sales mechanism for him to do that, I dive into that. I actually have a lot of questions about that that I want you to listen to because this could be a great way for you to consider how you might take this thing that you started with and turn it into a high-ticket item and how you might actually sell a higher-ticket item and serve less people but even more deeply and make even more money. So Sam Gavis Hewson is with us today, and I'm excited because we're gonna start this conversation right now. Here we go. Sam, welcome back for a fourth time, I think, on AskPat. Welcome in. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pat. So we had you on AskPat 1.0 to ask a question, which was in the 500s. And then we've had you on at the beginning of AskPat 2.0. And then back again for a Where Are They Now in episode 1047, I think. And here we are in the 1200s now. So it's been a while. It has been quite a while. I think it's been about four years since the first time on AskPat 2.0. So 1,004. So Bite by Bite, tell us, for those of us who hadn't yet heard those episodes, what is Bite by Bite? Where were you when we last chatted? And what has happened since? Bite by Bite, we help software engineers prepare for their job interviews. You know, our experience has been that software engineers, the interview process is really kind of a unique process. And it's very challenging because it doesn't quite use the skills that people are using in their everyday jobs. So we help people to learn that process and prepare so that they can really go in and land those top tech jobs. The first time when we spoke on ASPAT 2.0 for 1004, I think I was about six months into leaving my job. So I had been doing it for about a year. I'd been running Bite by Bite for about a year, had left my job about six months prior to that. And I was just about to launch my first course for $37. And I was thinking about what a good title would be for your podcast episode here. And I was like, how Sam 100X'd his prices in four years, because literally now we are selling our program for $3,800. So it is quite the leap from where we were before. Yeah. So is it the same thing that you're offering? for? No, it is not. <laughs> okay, good. I was wondering. It's a much more involved program. I think that's been kind of the big change from when we talked last time. I was really focused on these niche, I said niche within a niche kind of course, where it was like one specific topic within this one specific topic. Obviously, you know, I think that I realized, well, I, I knew from the beginning that Eventually, I was going to need to create a more fully featured offering of some sort. But I think I just wasn't, I was not there in the business to feel like I was able to do that. And so that's really been the big like progression since then has been 
building a team around me, building those support systems, building my own skills and my own comfort level at charging higher prices so that we could work to where we are now, where we are selling that $3,800 program, which is really everything that people need for their interview prep. That's incredible. Now, was that an incremental increase from 37 to 3,800? And when did that begin? And what were you feeling when you started to increase your price? Because oftentimes that really scares a lot of people to charge more. Sometimes a lot of people don't feel like they're worth that higher price. What was going through your mind? In that first episode, when we talked, you said, Sam, you need to raise your prices. And so it has been a incremental increase since then. So, you know, originally I sold my program for $37 as kind of a beta test. And then I think I upped that to $67 shortly thereafter. Then from there, I created a larger program. So I think when I was back for the Where Are They Now episode that we did the last time, on that one, I was just beta testing what ended up being a $300 program. Okay, it's a good price increase. Yeah, so it was like, you know, $60... Actually, the $60 program also then ultimately became, it's now $100. So it just, you know, that one took incremental increases, but within that sort of same range. And then so with that $300 program, that was really, you know, each step of the way, I learned what I needed to do to sell at that price point. Because that was the thing that I think there's a, it's partially just confidence in charging the price, but it's also partially there are actual skills that change the copywriting skill that is required to get people to pull out their wallet and give you $300 is completely different than the copywriting skill that's required to get them to hand you $37. Taking those incremental changes, then that was in 2018, I believe we launched the $300 course. And then summer of 2019, we launched sort of what was the initial beta version of our $3,800 program that we have now, which was $1,000 at the time. And even that was a huge step up and a huge change in how we were selling. That was the first time I ever did a webinar. So I moved to from just doing a launch to an email list to actually having these more things. And now that has made incremental prices and we've added stuff. We just recently, we went in studio and recorded a full new version of that program and launched that in October here and added a bunch of additional stuff. And now we're selling that via sales calls. There, it's even a different step even further in terms of what that process looks like. And do you get on the sales calls or do you have a team that helps you with that? Yeah, so I've been on the sales calls for the last couple months here. It's definitely been a unique challenge because I'm not the, you know, I'm, I'm very much the engineering introvert type. And so it's been interesting getting on the calls. I think it's been an incredible learning experience and I definitely can talk more about. I would now, now having done it, I would recommend everyone do it. But we we just in the last week or two hired a sales rep. So we're just ramping him up now and hoping to right now my capacity is so limited. That's the struggle with doing sales calls is I can either do sales calls or I can run everything else in my business. Right. I think it's smart that you hired a rep to come and serve you and help you with that. I'd love to ask you about that going into sales calls. That's so we, we can sort of see the progression, right? Like a $37 online course, pretty passive, not really much involved. And like you said, you can pitch it in an email and make some sales because it solves a very specific problem, a niche in a niche kind of situation. But when you get to the $300 or the multiple hundred dollars, like people need a little bit more in understanding, well, who is this person? What is this going to do for me? 
there's a lot more to lose if a person were to invest that money, but a lot more to gain as well when a person makes that investment. So a webinar is a perfect way to do that. And you know that I that I and we at Team SPI do that as well. We haven't yet gotten to the sales calls sort of situation yet, but I'd love to know how did you learn how to do that? Or did you just literally just jump right in and just kind of see what happens? With the sales calls, this is something that we've been thinking about for a long time. We were running basically an evergreen funnel for our course. We were, for the evergreen webinar funnel, we were selling it at about, I think we were selling it at $1,500. So it was a reasonable price point. That ran for, I guess, about a two years. So we did that from basically summer to end of 2019 until this summer. And what I was realizing was sort of two things is one that we were getting declining numbers overall. And part of that was just that we were running the same webinar. It was getting tired. But also, the more that I did it, the more I realized that you're not getting positive engagement with people in the same way that you do when you're on a sales call. So what I mean by that is that to get people to buy on a webinar, we had to send a lot of emails especially at that price point. One point, I think our sequence had like 30 emails over three or four weeks. We kind of maxed that out. And that was where we got to in terms of this was the balance for where we're getting the best return, not the best for our students, as is probably obvious to everyone listening. With the sales calls, and the reason that I wanted to move this way is that by creating this personalized experience, we can actually charge a lot more. And we did add more stuff to the course. So it's not just charging more, but we can personalize that experience. We get more people to buy and they're actually way happier after all that. We So far, the refund rates have been way less because I can speak with people and be like, this either is a good fit for you or it's not a good fit for you. You know, I think I, I learned about this model from Sam Ovens, who has some I think really good programs on, you know, sort of higher level. I think if you're further along in your business, I sort of resisted this idea for a long time, but then over the summer and, you know, into this fall, we've been getting really, I've just really been working on honing that. So, you know, I've been working through a program specifically on sales training and like dialing in that skill as well. And just, I mean, it's something that I just got on the call did it terribly and have now done, you know, a hundred plus of these in the last couple of months. So I am now slightly less bad at it. I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I'm, I'm improving. Good. I, I think the sales call thing, I mean, it obviously makes sense, a more personalized experience. You can really, like you said, see if it's a good fit or not. But I think that when people consider like getting on the phone to sell something to somebody, it sounds just like, like it sounds kind of icky. How do you not make it icky and how do you actually use that time to not either, I mean, I'm just like, I know people would be worried about either embarrassing themselves or even just upsetting people. How did you approach it so that you could do it? Actually, that's interesting. The, the like embarrassing yourself or, you know, that kind of thing, because I definitely felt that way. And there's a point, I think, when it, in whatever you're doing in business where you just have to say, I'm going to do it. Right? I know this is the right thing to do. And so I'm just going to do it regardless of how I feel about doing it. That fear has gone away in a large part just from doing it a lot. But in terms of the actual process, I think that, you know, my feeling is that I guess there's sort of a spectrum of you can really push people hard to buy or you can let people just come and make their completely own decision. 
right? So there's a spectrum of I'm leading you down a specific path and I'm basically, quote unquote, forcing you to buy. And there's the, I'm just putting the information out there and letting you make a decision. Now, we don't really want to be on either of those extremes. We want to be somewhere in the middle, right? We want to guide them towards making a decision, but we don't want to be that aggressive, sleazy, like used car salesman. And so my feeling on the sales calls was actually that I'm moving a bit back towards the letting them make their own decision by getting on this sales call with them. Because what I'm doing is I'm just guiding. I'm doing a lot of asking questions and learning about their situation, understanding them, helping them understand themselves. Because a lot of times people haven't thought about, you know, they they know kind of, I want to do something like I want to start a business. A lot of people haven't thought beyond like, you know, maybe I want to make more money or something. They haven't thought deeply about, you know, what is it that I really want from this thing? Why am I doing this? And why am I going to commit the time and energy that it takes to actually be successful? Because if they're not really serious about it, they're not going to commit the time, they're not going to commit the energy, and they're not going to see the results. The sales call, there is a pitching component, but more than half of that sales call is discovery and helping them understand themselves. And then if it is a good fit, asking their permission or getting their permission on that call to then share what you are offering. And I should also back up even a step further is that everyone coming on these calls has said, I want to get on this call and speak with you. I'm not like doing cold calling. I'm not, I'm not trying to force people on the call. They've gone through a process already where they're like, they raised their hand and said, I want to do this. And I don't pretend it's not going to be a sales call. I don't pretend this is going to be just like an hour of free coaching. I tell them, this is going to be a strategy session. I say at the very beginning, hey, I want to learn a bit more about you. We're going to figure out what you're struggling with. And then if it seems like a good fit, I can share more about how we work with people and how I could help you. So I think there are a lot of these things where it's framing the call and going in with the idea that, you know, you're just helping them to make the right decision for them. It's the same as a sales page too. It's just that you're there in person. And so it does definitely bring up a lot of those emotions and a lot of that anxiety that I experienced too. And you kind of, you have to, if you decide that this is the direction you want to go, you just have to realize you're going to feel that way. And that's not a reason not to do it. I mean, the opposite of them saying no or potentially feeling upset about a pitch is they get the exact program they need and you've helped them and served them and their lives are changed as a result. And that's exactly it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I love the way you framed it. It really felt like a weight lifted off our shoulders when you said, you're not going to just sell the whole time. In fact, the sell is just the conclusion to understanding that there's a good fit here. Like you said, it's a discovery call, right? And, and, and I absolutely love that. How do you start as soon as you get on the call? Like imagine that I filled out an application or like I am in your niche and uh, I knew that this call was going to happen. And we get on the call, my phone's ringing or Zoom or actually, how are you getting on the call first? Yeah, I do them on Zoom, but usually they're audio only. So most people don't turn on their camera and I just, I just follow their lead. So if they turn on their camera, I turn on my camera. But if not, it's usually audio only. I like that. Okay, so we're on a call. Like, hey, Sam, nice to see you. Hey, Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, so where are you calling in from today? Uh, I'm in San Diego in my home office. Oh, very cool. I've been to San Diego a couple times, once for uh, FlynnCon. Nice. I heard about that. <laughs> you know, my plan for the call is what I've found to work best is that 
you know, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. I took a look at your application and, you know, had a few questions about that. And then if it seems like a good fit, we can talk more about next steps, what that might look like to work together. Does that work for you? Yeah, that sounds great. I love that start, by the way. Here's what's going to happen. That's so key. You just set it up, right? Like that way there's no false pretenses and they agreed to that. That's great. And then I usually go to like, why did you decide to get on this call today? That's kind of the first question because that just uncovers a lot of... Yeah, yeah. How do you know it's a good fit for that for, for me? Like at what point do you understand okay, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to move forward or, and and also have you ever said like, you know, I don't think this is a, this is going to be a good fit for you. Absolutely. I think that for me, there are a couple specific things I'm looking for in terms of their kind of skill level and commitment to the process. So I think there's some people who will get on calls with me where they're actually not really looking for software engineering roles. They're really looking for something adjacent. And so there a lot of times I'll just give them some, you know, I'll give them some tips, some coaching, and then let them on their way because it's usually doesn't make sense for people where usually it's either around timeline where it's like they want to get this done really quick. And I'm like, you're not going to see results in that amount of time. Or sometimes it's like, okay, they're so beginner that I don't think they're going to get results. But those are kind of the main ones. And then I, I honestly err on the side of letting them make the decision. So I err on the side of, I don't want to tell people it's a bad fit. Like if I think that it could work for them, I usually... I'm like, okay, I will share with them what we do and they will decide whether it makes sense for them, right? So if I'm on the fence about it, and I might say that, I've said that to people where it's like, hey, I don't know if this is a good fit for you, but let me share with you how we do this and you tell me what you think, right? There's there's always that easy out. You never have to make a sale, right? You never have to do anything and you're never forcing them to do anything. Usually the worst that happens is people just leave it at like, hey, I need to think about it. That's what how people say no. No one is... I don't think anyone's ever said no to my face. So even even in the worst case scenario, it's all this very kind of polite, passive kind of conversation. Yeah, that's cool. And that's also very reassuring. And so when when a person leaves the call and they have yet to make a decision, first question is what percentage of those people actually do convert, if any? I'm still figuring this out too. So don't take anything that I say as set in stone. But what I've been trying to do is schedule people for a follow-up call. So that's really what I'll do is if they're not ready to make a decision on the call, I'll tell them, you know, hey, I want you to be able to think about it. If that's in their best interest, that's what I want for them. And so I'll send you over a couple of things to take a look at. I have some sample videos and other things they can review. And then we'll schedule a follow-up call for later that week, beginning of the next week. And then it's a mixed bag. Some of them sign up, some of them don't, but more than maybe... Of the people that I've done that with, maybe 25% of people do end up signing up. I can usually tell from how they say it on the original call whether they're going to sign up or not. But there's also, I think, there's opportunity for like long-term follow-up and other things that now that we have a sales rep on, he can kind of specialize more and really focus on, okay, well, let me reach out to these people who we spoke to a couple months ago and maybe it wasn't a good time then or for whatever reason it didn't work out. Let's follow up and just see where they're at, see if it makes more sense now. That makes sense. This is a, an amazing 101 on sales calls. And I know that you're still working through it, but that's what's beautiful about this. You're sharing kind of as you go what's working for you and what's not. And I really love that. Um, final question here is with relation to the sales rep. Where did you find him? And what's your story about like, well, this person is not me, but they're selling your program. And 
could there be a disconnect there? How are you making sure they're providing the right information and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so this is something that we are very much figuring out right now. His first week was this week. So we are in the thick of it. Training, there's training involved, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the first week of training. <laughs> so the way that we found him was we worked with a company called Closers.io. The guy's name is Cole Gordon, and I would highly recommend his stuff if you're if people are looking for like sales training or looking for help hiring a sales rep. They've been fantastic, and they basically found us some candidates, and then we interviewed them and ended up with the guy that we ended up hiring. So that that was how we found the person. And in terms of the training and the mindset around that, I think there's a there's a couple things. So I've been really focused on dialing in the process myself so that I can hand off to him what it is that I've been doing, what's been working for me, and also finding resources, again, like working with a team, whoever it is, who has experience training sales reps, like they're helping train him in addition to me training him. So there's a lot of support for him. Now, in terms of handing that off, yeah, I think that's a challenge. This is, I think, again, one of those things where I know it's the right thing that has to, be, that has to happen, but it's still uncomfortable. I cannot scale this by doing the sales calls myself. And by doing the sales calls myself, I'm actually hurting the existing students because I'm spending a lot more time selling than I am making the program better and figuring out how to help them. And so it's in everyone's best interest for us to make this work. Now, in terms of framing that, my feeling is as long as he understands the product, the whole point of how we help people is through the product. It's It's helping them understand the problem which he has sales experience, so he's very good at already. And then it's helping them understand if the product is right for them. So he can do that. And then this also opens up my time, for example, to do one-on-one onboarding calls with everyone who signs up. So that's something that I'm planning on doing where, okay, maybe they didn't talk with me through the sales process, but I'm, I'm able to be more present for them when they actually sign up. Again, it's, it's just like a mindset shift about like what, doing these sales calls means and what that process looks like and why we're doing it. That makes sense. And and the one-on-ones for onboarding for people who sign up to make a great first impression, great experience, make sure they know they're being taken care of. And that's worth your time because of the higher price point and the other things that you include in the product. This is awesome, Sam. I love the update. You are leveling up for sure. And I can't wait for the fifth opportunity to chat with you here on AskPad in the future because this is really inspirational. So uh, Sam, where can people go to find more of your stuff and and follow along in the journey? If people want to check us out, it's bitebybyte.com. It's B-Y-T-E-by-B-Y-B-Y-T-E.com. All our stuff's there so you can check it out. And you know, definitely if anyone's a, a software engineer or knows any software engineers and is looking for help with interviews, come check us out. That's awesome. Sam, have you helped anybody land a job at, say, for example, Tesla or anything like that? We actually did have someone land a job at Tesla, got a very cushy offer from Tesla. So if, you, if, you, if you're interested in Tesla, they definitely pay well. Yeah. And so go check out Sam if you are interested in Tesla. <laughs> uh, yes. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And keep up the good work. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sam. A great catch up. And again, just he's been on the show. He reminded me that he was on one of the original versions of Ask Pat where he asked a question. And just to continue to hear his journey, I'm sure it's not gonna be the last time we hear from him because I don't know, what's next? We'll see what happens. But it's just so incredible. And this idea of getting on a call with somebody and making it not feel like a 
sleazy sort of sales call like we see in the movies sometimes, you know, ABC, always be closing kind of thing. But really having a conversation and seeing if it's a right fit, that's that's exactly what we're doing here. And I love that Sam brought that and gave us some insight on what that might look like from his perspective so we can all learn from that. So Sam, thank you so much again, bitebybite.com and Sam Gavis Houston. Amazing way to start the year. I'm looking forward to conversations and helping out. And as you might have heard, we are going to be initiating the smart bar here on this very feed. It's going to be happening later in the year, but very shortly here, where we utilize not just my own knowledge to help you, but the knowledge of my network and the team here at SPI and many other people with an SPI Pro here to help and serve you out as you grow your business too. And if you'd like to learn more about SPI Pro, a lot of amazing things are happening within SPI Pro, our premium community for entrepreneurs this year, hundreds of members, and it's just so active and so much fun. In fact, the best feedback I've ever received from anything that I've ever created created. You could check it out at smartpassiveincome.com slash pro, and you might be able to get into the next enrollment period. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash pro, and happy new year to you. Let's make it an awesome year. I'm looking forward to working with you here, and we'll keep on keeping on. Here we go. Peace out, and as always, Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.